0: Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Olivera McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible.
1: It's Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. Please support us at frombeertothebible.com. Please like, share, and subscribe. Today, I have my cousin, who is more like my sister. We're going to be talking about a grandmother's love. Yes, that's right. A grandmother's love. So I have my cousin, the first person from my family, as I recall, to ever be on the show, Christina Lee. (laughs) Christina, say hello. Well,
2: good morning,
1: everybody. <laughs> uh, we, you know, because it's, it's been a while and I call because, because that's just the way we talk to each other. Uh, you are really truly like a sister, you and Jackie. We all grew up together with our great grandmother. I'm gonna try <laughs> to get the lingo right for the people so they can track with us is that we called our great grandmother Mama. And oh, yes, yeah. right. And so you'll hear us say Mama, and you're gonna hear us say, We call uh. our our grandmother may may primarily so when you hear that know that mama is great grandmother and may may is grandmother so we spent a lot of time with them and they were great women of faith
0: so Mm -hmm. because
1: as we get into it because we're gonna dive right into it is tell our audience about your wonderful testimony in christ and how you came to know and love the lord
2: Okay. Well, as my cousin Irvin said, we were primarily raised um, by our great grandmother, who we all call mama because she absolutely was mama. She did not play. (laughs) Um, It was a requirement. Irvin is the oldest grandchild and then the second oldest, Jackie, and then myself as being the third oldest. Us three were required to go to Sunday school. We didn't have a choice. Nope. We didn't get an opportunity to say we were not going. We were going to Sunday school and yep. to church. Yep. Um, and she she just raised us with such a, a solid foundation. And I think that's kind of like where my start came from as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also my uh step grandfather, his the late John Henry Moore we used to uh, walk to this little Pentecostal church on Friday nights and it would only be maybe about seven or eight people in there, but they would be having church like none other. And I said to myself, I don't know what type (laughs) of church this is, but there is a difference in how I grew up and what they are doing because they're so charismatic. And I said, you know, when I get grown, I think that's the type of church I'm going to go to. So (laughs) actually when I had children, I was like, you know what, I need something more than what I'm actually getting. So I actually raised my kids, uh, Church of God in Christ, which is Pentecostal, but they're more charismatic, they're more lenient than... Uh, Just say you're apostolic, people, because we do wear pants, we cut our hair, we wear nail polish, stuff like that. So but yeah, so that's how my faith started. And of course, I didn't always walk the straight and narrow. But, you know, the word of God says that, um, you know, that we the children are to be trained up in the way that they should go. And then when they're older, even if they do depart, because we all depart, we'll come back to what was taught to us. So, yeah, I'd like to just thank Mama and then my Papa for that particular foundation. And then did you want me to go ahead and get into my testimony?
1: Yes, please share. I love okay. your testimony. Okay.
2: So um, I've been through some stuff, even though I accepted Christ at the age of 25. So I have actually been saved for 26 years. So y'all do the math, do the yeah, math. Please. Um, the so in 2021, that was of my 51 years of life, that was actually the roughest year I've ever, ever endured. So in January, Mm -hmm. I started grad school. So I was working on my master's um, in curriculum and instruction. And so in March, my mom, who had been terminally ill for seven years, she actually had colon cancer 40 years ago, and it didn't come back. Um, but well, when it did come back, it came back real aggressive. Mm-hmm. So she dealt with it for like, um, seven years. And so she passed away and I'm an only child. yeah. So that was rough.
1: And, and then, cousin, and I know, I know how and, close you and your mother was and mm-hmm. talk to them just a little bit about the process of you sharing the gospel and walking alongside your mom in faith.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. So my mom, she grew up um, very traditional Baptist and it's nothing against anybody's denomination. You have right. to do what works for you. Um, but towards the end of her life, I noticed that she just seemed, you know, I know there stages of grief, but she just seemed to be a little angry. And so probably like the last two weeks of her life, you know, I, <laughs> I every she was angry at everybody I kept hearing profanity and you know I was like mom I was like your mouth it's it's potty like you got to do something and so I just I started praying I said God you know I need to hear you I need to hear Jesus and I said before my only prayer is that before you call her home I have to know within myself that she has embraced salvation that she has accepted you as her lord and savior and I know back in the day as people grow up, they're like, oh, yeah, I was baptized when I was 10 or I accepted Christ a long time ago. But that I need to know now, right. you know. And so I had the, the chance to actually witness to my mom. And so maybe about a week before she passed away, um, I was teaching from home because I was teaching at a college college. Um, and I would teach from home and then my aunt would stay with her during the day while my stepdad was at work. And so my aunt left and my mom, I got in the bed with my mom and I was doing homework and she looked over at me and she, (laughs) we have an inside, we had an inside thing and she called me Megan Mm -hmm. because my ex-husband is a pastor and I would wear the fascinators, uh, for, past and wife anniversary. So every time I put one on, she called me Megan. Uh So she said, Megan, she said, is that you? And I said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, how are you doing? Or how are you feeling? And she said, you know, I'm okay. She said, but I had a dream, you know, that I was dying. And I was like, okay you are, you know, to myself. And then I said, well, how did that make you feel? And basically she said, well, you know, I used to be scared, but I'm not scared anymore. So I said, okay. So that was my opportunity to hear her confess salvation. So I told her, I said, well, mama, I said, before you go back to sleep, I need to hear for myself. I need to hear you say these words. And so she said, okay. I said, well, I need you to repeat after me. And so I led her, you know, I believe that Jesus is the son of God and that, you know, uh, he was raised from the dead and that, you know, you accept him as your personal savior. So everything that I said to her, she started to repeat. But when she uh, got to the point where I accept Jesus, she kind of slurred off a little bit. And I was like, uh-uh, Lucid devil. I was like, no, mama, you gotta come on because I need peace. I need yeah. to know. There's no way that I'm gonna be saved for 20 plus years and then my mama not make it in because you know, I need to know. Yeah. And so just um, so she was able to to finish out um the prayer of confession. And so after that, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, whenever you get ready for her, I have a peace of mind in knowing that she has accepted you as her Lord and Savior right now. Now, when she she was 10 years old or 11, I don't care about that. I'm talking about right now. And so she she, um, survived probably another week after that. But yeah, just hearing her um, accept Christ as her Lord and Savior, that was all the peace that I needed.
1: Well, I'm glad you shared that. Mm -hmm. It's important that we as believers... Yes, a lot of us are baptized when we're very young, but I tell people, um, my own experience, I've been baptized three times. I said, well, the oh. third time it took uh Yeah, me too. To, Same. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to reconfirm in my right mind that. God, you are Lord and Savior. So we would encourage our experience, this is not advice, when your loved one is there and near to end of the life, there's nothing wrong with reconfirming their commitment and their salvation in the Lord. And because we'll transition and let you kind of finish telling your testimony. And then I want you to get into all the things that you're doing now. You're an (laughs) author, you're a speaker. I'm very proud of just... You have a multitude of gifts and talents that you're using to empower and equip uh, women who love the Lord.
2: Yes. Okay. so in uh, March, um, I did. We buried my mom and then um, a week after that, I had some personal things in my relationship Mm -hmm. to come to an end which was very it was public and I'm a very private person when it comes to my personal business. And the small town that we live in, there is no such thing as private. Mm -hmm. And so I went through something that was very public. Um and it was it was hard. Like it's taken me about two years to just really kind of get over that. Um and that was like I said a week after my mom passed away. Um, And then in September. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let me back up. So April the 23rd, I turned at that time, I turned 49. Okay. And so a day after that, I went, I was going to a women's conference and my stepdad was not, he was not feeling well. And so I had my dress out and I had a whole little birthday shenanigan thing that I was going to do the whole weekend And all of those plans just came to halt. And so I was getting ready to go to the women's conference and the Holy Spirit said, no, go check on your stepdad. And I was like, but I got a new dress. But I was like, you know what? Okay." so I went to my mom's house and when I got there, he was sitting in a chair and my aunt, my mom's oldest sister, she was on her way with some lunch that she had prepared for him. And so when I got there, he was just sitting in the chair and I heard I was talking to him, but I heard all this moaning and groaning. And I was like, what is going on? And I was like, are you in pain? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what what's going on? And he said, well, my stomach. And I said, you know what? Put your shoes on. Let's go. And he was like, "Okay." like he didn't fight it. So I took him to the emergency room, got to the emergency room and they did um, a CAT scan. And so they tell him, they said, okay, we're transporting you to temple. And when they said that, I know that if they send you to temple, it's not good. Yeah. And so they said, we're transporting you to temple. Um, You have uh, a just cyst in your stomach with possible mets to your liver. And when they said METS, I almost fainted because I had worked at the cancer center, um, the office coordinator um, for the oncology department, radiation oncology. So I know what METS meant. And so I just nearly passed out. So they transported him. He stayed 11 days in the hospital, but thank God His cancer is in remission, but he does have um, some heart issues that he's dealing with now, so I'm his primary medical consultant, so to speak. So, um, and the crazy thing is before my mom passed away, she told me, she said, you're going to have to, um, uh, take care of him and like watch after him. And I just kind of laughed a little bit. Cause I was like, girl, you're trying to act like he don't know what to do without you, right. you know, like that. And she said, but you'll see, she said, you'll see when, when something happens to me. And so long story short is he was actually sick Before my mom passed away. But he put his health on the back burner so he could be everything for her. And if I tell you, I have never seen a man love a woman the way that he loved my mama, especially like the last two days of her life. Like she literally could not eat, drink. I mean, she was out of it, but he just, he he was still putting ice chips in her mouth. He was still getting a spoon and putting water on it because he, he didn't want her mouth to be dry. And mm. I'm like, she can't swallow. But I just, I watched him. And he didn't even, he really kind of didn't accept the fact that she was transitioning yeah. until she transitioned. Mm. So, but he, so he all of that her. was like, yeah, yeah. So that was in April. Mm-hmm. And then September the 15th, on my dad's birthday, my only living grandmother, Maymay. Yeah. Passed away. I think how it was made like ninety? Well, that's 92, open 94. to
1: debate. We think somewhere between ninety-two <laughs> and ninety-five. And guys, we say that because when she she was, it, fe- it felt like for about three to five years, she was seventy-nine. <laughs> she had right. a problem cra- crossing over to eighty. So we <laughs> estimate that she's somewhere. She passed somewhere between ninety-two and ninety-five. We love May May. <laughs> That was a woman. Right, of faith right. and but she held was on to okay.
2: So she passed away on my dad's birthday. So that was that was hard yeah. because May May, as I don't, as seasoned, I'll just say as seasoned as she was. Yeah anything that I had going on. I mean, and she drove up until she was probably like 88. (laughs) Yeah,
1: We let her drive for our audience. (laughs) We allow her to drive until she was like 88. And she thought she was (laughs) in reverse, but she was in drive. And I (laughs) almost went through the post office at where we're from. (laughs) And then at that, we had to say, Hey, look, we take the keys.
2: Right, 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 right. So when, once she stopped driving, she was like, okay, Chris, you got this going on, or there's this and that. So come pick me up. So yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. So that was in. So we lost. I mean, May was the most amazing mm-hmm. person. And you know, there, every time I think of her, I think about this song that says, I will trust in the Lord. But there's a part that says, I will treat everybody right. Yeah. Yes. And if when I when I hear that, I always think of May because May never had a crossword to say about anybody. Nope. If you mention her name in the small town that we live in, nobody I mean, everybody has positive things to say about her. And we know that everybody's not going to like you. But these people love May yeah. May. They yeah. love her. They'll never be another May May. Well,
1: so, she, yeah, she, she was. Loved, yeah, she loved people. And she were, we often talk and speak about, I hear it all the time in church, I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, she's one of those people as a woman Mm -hmm. of God that Mm -hmm. actually applied that to her life. And she walked out that. I saw her love the Lord God with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And she Mm -hmm. loved others as herself. She did those two things to the best of her ability, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right,
2: right, and then she made sure that none of us wanted for anything. Oh yeah, she, she was the grandmother that
1: spoiled you. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, yeah
2: especially good. the older three. Yeah, because yeah. we were always the ones that were yeah there. Yeah,
1: yeah, we were always. So, yeah, we we're always it's with.
2: Funny because yeah, and we knew like when her payday was, so we would make sure. Me and Jackie, we're like, okay, we're going to maze this weekend because we know we're going shopping. Yeah, so. there you go get yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things. So that happened in September. And then in November... Um, I have been teaching at a career college for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a medical background as I have a business degree, yeah. but um, I've always worked in the medical field. Um, I did it for about 15 years. I worked in radiology as the team leader, the business office, radiation oncology, all of that kind of stuff. And so um, then I started teaching um, medical billing and coding, which consisted of anatomy and physiology, medical terminology, all of that kind of stuff. And so the school just closed, like Mm -hmm. no notice. We were preparing for another uh, session, five week session. And they were like, "Um, the school closed. So I'm getting all these phone calls. And I was like, well, maybe that's for y'all and Mm -hmm. not the online division, because by then COVID had hit. And we were still, some of us were teaching from home and then some were on campus. And I was in complete denial. I was like, oh, no, maybe that's just for y'all, but not for us online teachers. But needless to say, it was for everybody. With no notice, they closed. And so with that, all of that, that transpired. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, Lord. But, you know, I can honestly say that the peace of God saturated me so to it was unbelievable. Yeah. So after all of that stuff that transpired and the crazy thing, I'm going to back up to when my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, she passed away on a Sunday. That Monday we went to make funeral arrangements. That Tuesday I'm sitting in my living room teaching Anatomy and physiology. So I didn't even take time off because I knew that my students were depending on me. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about it is, once the school closed, I was off work for four months and okay. I was getting unemployment, but I was also, I had the time. And I said, I, I just feel like God was saying to me, You didn't take the time, but I'm going to make sure you have the time yes. to do what you need to do. You're healing you are traveling. And if I tell y'all I had more money when I wasn't working <laughs> than right. I did when I was working. So I literally, I traveled, I went everywhere. I thought I wanted to go, Louisiana, Miami, Las Vegas, just traveling. So yeah. Um. So in the midst of all of that, um, I was able to travel and that was a part of Um, My grieving and as well as my healing. And so the thing about it um, is I didn't really have too many sad days. I would have maybe one or two here and there. But, you know, when I would get sad and start missing my mom, I want to pick up the phone and call her. I would just think about that moment in which I know she embraced salvation. And I'm like, you know, she's not suffering anymore. And I just believe if she could, if she had a choice to come back here or if she could just continue to to rest, I I think she would choose rest over coming back here. So,
1: Because I'm so proud of the fact that you acknowledge that you needed to grieve. You took time to grieve and grieving for us all looks very different right? Mm -hmm. It looks very Mm -hmm. different. I think the importance and the key is that we take time to do it. So as we close out part one of talking about the importance of a grandmother's love, because both you and I, the foundation for our love, faith, and hope in Christ Jesus was Mama and Maymay. So speak to our audience, give them a closing word, and then I'll, I'll take us home.
2: OK, so I just want to say um, if you aren't aren't as fortunate as Irvin and I were to have a grandmother and a great grandmother that laid the foundation and that walked it out before you, then let it start with you. Mm-hmm. And so even for me, I teach uh, fifth and sixth graders and I teach at a title one school. And that is um students who may be a little bit less fortunate. And so the thing about it is if they come to me and they tell me, well, I don't have this. Don't, and then I'm like, well, you started. So let your children and your grandchildren see you. Let it start with you if, if need be. Let them see you walking it out. And I'm I'm forever grateful that my kids have only seen me live one way. No, I'm not perfect, but they know what I stand for. And so I just feel like, you know, I'm setting. That foundation that was laid before me, I'm laying it out and walking it out with my kids or before my kids. And they're, by the way, they're 31 and 28. So they're not babies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Young man and a young woman in the Lord. And you did a great job of you raising them. And I'm going to leave our audience with this. There's a spirit of busyness that is working in the world. So I'm gonna encourage you guys to take time and be still and know that there is a God who loves you. And I want to let you know that my great grandmother and my grandmother, those were the two ladies who taught me no matter what is going on in life, to love God, to trust God, Mm -hmm. when you fear, when you doubt, Trust God and trust God more. So we're not going to end the show by saying bye, see you next week. I'm gonna end it the way May May always said. She never told me bye. She said, son, hold on to your faith. Keep mm-hmm. the faith and the faith is in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. That's May right. God richly bless you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there
1: for you.